part of the road of being a better at developer relations is applying what we've learned, passing that knowledge on to others. Whether you're a direct mentor or lead a team of folks new to DevRel, it's important to take stock of what we are doing and how we can best help serve people and pass on the knowledge that we have. You're listening to the Community Pulse Podcast. Welcome your host, Mary Thangval, Jason Hand, PJ Haggerty, and Wesley Faulkner. Uh, yeah, so welcome uh, everybody to another episode of the Community Pulse. Um, my name is Jason, and we've got some great guests. And of course, PJ and Wesley are here with me today. Uh, but to give us some insight on mentoring in the DevRel space, we found a couple of folks who have been teaching community leaders how to be their best for a while. Uh, with us, we've got Rosie Sherry and Tessa Creasel. Uh, Rosie, Tessa, say hello. And Rosie, why don't you share a little bit about yourself? Hi. Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm Rosie Sherry. I live in the UK in Brighton. I am married with five kids. I'm also founder of Rosyland, which is, I guess, what I would call a creative project where I, I write about community, share about community, and teach about community. Um, and I'm also founder, stroke CEO of Ministry of Testing, which is what I would call a community of practice for software testers. So I head that up. Um, and I've been, I started that back in 2007. Um, I took a break recently, but I've recently gone back to the role of CEO. Great. Thanks for being here. And Tessa, how about you? Yeah, I'm happy to be here, especially with Rosie. Big, big fan of Rosie. She's an awesome human being. Uh, so my name is Tessa Creasel. I am head of platform developer relations over at Snap. Um, I am technically on the AR side, so we're under the Snap AR brand and not necessarily under the Snapchat app brand, um, but it's still all the fun goodness of the, the really fun camera technology over there. Um, I have been in DevRel for, I would say, eight or nine years now um, and also run a website I haven't spent tons of time on, but do continue to put some content on over at learndevrel.com as I try to do what I can to mentor and share the knowledge that I do have. Awesome. And and as Jason said, thank you so much, both of you, for being here. Uh, we've got a bunch of questions for you, but I think that in some ways, uh, developer relations is a little bit different than a lot of other jobs where it's kind of a learn from those who know. Why, why is mentoring so important to DevRel particularly? Um, as opposed to maybe some other positions, especially in tech. And either of you can jump in whenever you're ready. I can jump in. Um, I think that, you know, like, similar to what Rosie is doing over on, on Rosie Land, right, is like curating a lot of really amazing content to help people understand, like, what it's like to be in the role and to do the role and to drive success to that role. And I think that when we think about other industries like, say, marketing, right, or like product management or sales in tech, they all have fundamental programs behind them or multiple pieces of content or materials, or even sometimes there's like schools, right, similar to code schools or boot camps um, that are in a lot of those other industries. And when it comes to DevRel, we just don't have that like maturity level, I feel like, although DevRel has been around for many, many, many years, especially according to Apple and, you know, the OG days in that way. Um, 
Um, I just don't think we have the resources for folks to get and learn everything that they need to know to dive into this sort of career. Um, and then I think the other thing that's probably going to open up like a big conversation, I'd love to hear what you think, Rosie, is that it is so different for each company and for each person, right? So coming into a DevRel role and moving to another one is never exactly the same. And so I think that makes it, you know, even more difficult with the lack of resources and then, you know, with the ever-changing landscape of our roles. Hey, yeah, I, I think another another aspect is, um, I often look back at my experience with Ministry of Testing and because I've been doing it so long since uh, 2007, I, I can kind of look back at that whole time frame of this industry kind of maturing over time. And when I started that, that there wasn't much out there for testers. Um, and I kind of see like this, uh, I guess a similarity with DevRel and even community in, in general is there is that immaturity of the industry that there, there is a lack of resources um, there's some books, but like it, it's it's not mature at the moment. So it's it's almost like you have to rely on each other. You have to learn from from the people. Um, you, it's fast moving. You have to like watch what other people are doing and, and be inspired by by others. Um, and yeah, I mean, I think it's you know people driven, right? So it's like. Um, and then you add tech on top and it's like you can't slow down and it's like year by year it's like it feels like it's changing even faster these days well i think and i think you kind of touched rosie there on, on why burnout is such an issue in devrel but that's that's a topic for another podcast true that and you you mentioned also that you know as we are are figuring this out is still maturing as a focus um and I think it's doubly so the higher you get into DevRel, that you run out of other people and other documentation that you can uh, lean on. Just curious for both of you, starting with Rosie, do you currently have a mentor in your current capacity? And and what about you, Tessa? Um, I, I, not really, but I think at the same time, like anyone can be my mentor. Like, um. I guess it's like how, how do you define what a mentor is? It's like someone who who supports you, right? And I think we can fall into the trap of a mentor has to be someone that you look up to, um, or someone who's ahead of you. Often, like too far ahead of you, um, is is a trap that that people fall into. Um, especially like in like an influencer world, like people tend to like want want they kind of get tagged on or you know grab on to the to the people that 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 are popular at the time um and i think you know that that's dangerous but um I, I like the aspect of like the community is your mentor the people in any who surround you are your mentors and everyone can teach you something and we shouldn't try to like just tag ourselves onto the more successful people or the more experienced or um and even things like um, trying to be better human beings, trying to build a better world, trying to uh, act with ethics, trying to be more diverse, trying to look for, um, trying to get rid of the old school ways of doing things. 
we ha- to to do that we really have to speak to to our people and understand like the stories that they have to share and then that almost empowers us to create change in in the things that we do um and i guess that's that's what i do is like i i speak to like you know like i guess like as ceo of ministry of testing i'm down there with people every day just chatting away and trying to learn from them trying to um understand what their position is um are they my mentors no but i learn from them and i discover stuff um yeah so that's that's how i approach it because like i think every time i've tried to like think of a mentor it just feels almost too overwhelming to like go through like a formal process of like oh will you be my mentor and um it, you know it's just never worked out for me to be honest i i currently do the whole buffet approach to mentorship as well it's like if i have leadership advice i talk to someone else if i talk to, if i need financial advice i talk to some other groups of people um what about you tessa how do you um do you currently get mentorship from either a group or a person formal relationships informal relationships yeah super great question um similar sentiment to rosie in some ways right i try to depending on the situation, reach out to someone who is in the industry, someone who has recently been talking about it, maybe someone who has recently wrote a a piece of content that relates to maybe what I'm working on. I would say that my mentorship in terms of me having a mentor is definitely very flexible. So similar also to you, Wesley, in that I do have a mentor and someone that I consider um, to be a mentor who he is a product leader. He's been in the space for a very long time. Um, He is of an older age than myself. And so he's someone that I go to, to just be like, hey, here's what I wanna do. What do you think, right? Because he's gonna check me on the validity of my idea, the validity of what I'm doing, am I capable? Like in all the right ways, right? Just a really good cheerleader in that way. And so that person is is very helpful to me. Um, I don't tap into and, and utilize that person as much as I should. And I think that probably brings up a really good conversation here of like, there's probably a bigger opportunity for all of us to, to tap into this and to have more mentors. Um, but outside of that, it's very situational. So I, I recently just asked my manager, I'm like, hey, teach me some of your cha- sales chops. Like I am naturally good at sales and I know we're talking about DevRel, so everyone's gonna freak out. So it's exactly why I said this. Um, because like I'm in a role where like sales kind of matters and I'm managing partnerships of developers. And so I need to understand some of the sales funnel things that are happening behind the scenes so that I can relate that back to the work that I'm doing and understand which individuals are actually someone that we might take to a sales process, right? Um, So long story short, it's very situational. Um, I do have a really good friend uh, that I always go to when it's something big. Yeah, and I want to kind of jump in with a thought um, that going back to what Rosie said is, well, and really what you were just saying there too, Tessa, is I think there's a distinction between um, a casual mentor-mentee relationship and then also something that's a little more structured, maybe has been arranged or, you know, there's something a little bit more official to it. You know, you probably like putting time on the calendar and you have goals and things, things of that nature. But I think everybody on this call uh, would agree that we are mentors to a lot of people, whether we <clears throat> know it or not. Um, people look up to what we do and, and you know, our actions. And, and likewise for us, I think we all got here because we saw somebody else doing the thing. And uh, whether we were able to build a relationship with them, uh, they still had that like sort of mentor, you know, they were the, sh- the, the North Star, like, you know, I want to do what they do and I want to do it as well as they do. 
Um, and I want to point out like even things like podcasts, you know, I feel like this is, this is sort of our outlet, or at least it is for me. I can't speak for everybody, uh, to share what I know and have learned and, um, you know, do, uh, I've been around the block with Soda DevRel, uh, with, with a lot of this, like everybody on the call. And, um, I think, you know, it's just in our nature as, as, uh, members of the Dev developer relations, if I can get my mouth to work, um, to be helpful and try to help others in our community to grow and um, mentorship just seems sort of baked into what we do. But I'm I'm wondering if the um, sort of the more professional like aspects of it is is where my mind is wondering on how do we in debt rail because there's also a lot of things that if I think about my mentors, whether it's in a structured capacity or not, it's not always specific to DevRel. It's things like just growth in general as a as a human, as a leader, as a business person, as a developer, whatever it may be, but it's not always DevRel. Does, does anybody really have any thoughts around, um, does it have to be specific to DevRel for us? Should we make that the priority or, or are we actually in a better place to kind of, you know, have mentorship from a larger scope? Um, and I don't know, like, and we'll start with Sherry on that question. Mix it up as much as possible. To a certain extent, I guess. Um, it's good, uh, you know, I like having variety, um, different perspectives, different viewpoints. I think it, one thing to be mindful of is, you know, what, what, what is the boundary of that? Because sometimes, people give advice with good intention and like in their worldview it's good advice but like if you follow things blindly actually some advice is really bad advice um if they don't have um enough context about about your situation um and and i've seen that happen like it's like almost i guess like you know it's a friend of mine ad advised was advised by a, a big startup guy on how to do things, but the context was so different because he was being advised by someone who worked at Google, yet this person was a, a bootstrap company. It was a totally different uh, ball game, um, but it completely threw um, this, this, this friend of mine, but he looked up to him as a mentor and, and he, he ended up going down a completely different track. and. Um, you know, I, I guess that's that's the danger of things. Is like you, you want diversity, but you also want to make sure that people understand where you're coming from, and um, <laughs> not to get the, the the wrong kind of advice. I definitely agree with that. Um, so, you know, the way that I look at it is, I have like sort of these like three different areas, right? And so one of them is, is completely personal growth. How do I just be a better human being, period? And oftentimes my mentors are, are not people who are in tech or not people who are in a similar industry as me, very similar to what you said, Jason. Kind of the second bucket is business, right? What can I learn about business? What can I learn about anything related to business, whether it be tech or whether it be non-tech? Um, I do feel like that strengthens my skills in DevRel when I can better understand businesses fundamentally. Um, and then I think that the third part would be sort of that DevRel space, like what I actually do in my day-to-day -day job. And I find myself not necessarily like with our mentor because similar to what Wesley said, when you reach a certain point, there are not a lot of folks that are above or beyond where I might be at. 
Um, there are definitely people who have been doing it longer and I for surely look up to those people. Um, but it's more of like a peer review type of a thing. And so I've got a really great group of peers um, who I'm like, hey, here's how I'm like thinking about measuring success here, or here's my strategic vision. What do you think of this? Um, and that I think in the DevRel space, personally for me, feels like the most impactful way that I've had the chance to go about it anyways. I just wanted to jump in just really quickly and just touch on what you're saying about the diversity need of mentorship, because I heard a quick story about Casey Neistat, which is like a really famous YouTuber and um, how he was really um, like hustling at the beginning, like he would stay up for days to do content, sleep on other people's couches and just be on the road the whole time. And um, he wrote this in, I think, in a book. But at the same time, he had a kid with a partner um, that they were, and And the person was saying that, where was his kid this whole time? With probably his partner and not with him. And so there are some advice that you can get from some people, but they may not be able to really understand your situation and the stuff that you kind of have to deal with. And so their advice may not work for you. Um, so that's just, just want to put that in there, TJ. No, that's a that's a good caveat. Absolutely. Um, and I think it, it goes back to what Rosie was saying about there's good advice and there's advice given in a good way that is not actually good for you, which I, I think is key, especially when you're looking for advice or leadership or mentorship outside of the realm that you understand. Um, I know that when I first started doing DevRel, which uh, back then the technology we had was like the wheel and stones and fire. We had to share with that and other people because I'm old. But in all seriousness, like one of the things that that I got a lot of compliments on when I first started was when I gave speaking engagements. I was really good at speaking engagements because that was something that I had tried and, and oddly there, I had two mentors for that. The one was uh, stand-up comedians. We talked about that. It shows the, the rule of threes, making sure you always have three parts to a presentation, uh, making sure that you're, you're taking the stage, that you're commanding the stage, you're bringing the audience in, that the levity doesn't override the message, things like that. But the other mentor I had, and this is going to sound so not humble, so stand, stand by, be ready, was me. Um, I had been a musician my whole life and there was so much I was informed of and had learned from mentors in that realm about performance, about how to put on a show, which is really what, when you give a speaking engagement, what it is. And if you think about it, when you're streaming, it's a performance. When you're doing YouTube, when you're doing a podcast, it's a performance. There's a certain pacing you have to do, a certain cadence you have to hit. There's points you have to make. There's, you know, Wesley putting a quip in right at the right time, a little brief story that moves the conversation along. These things are all super important. Um, but, you know, at the same time, when it came to, you know, starting Deverlate back in 2017, my biggest advisors were people who were like startup people who were like, listen, I know you're trying to do a startup based around DevRel. Here's the thing. Bootstrap the damn thing. Don't look for, don't give your dreams away. Don't sell them. And that actually worked out better for me in the long run. So finding something, someone outside of your circle, but also relying on people you know you can trust, I think is a key to finding a good mentor. And Rosie, I know you had something something to add there. Yeah, I just w wanted to touch on the idea of diversity and I guess finding mentors that, that you align with and um, being like a woman in tech, a mother in tech, or a, a mother and five kids in tech. Um, I've I've switched off from so much of the advice out there. It's just like um, not applicable. I'm like you know the 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 advice that a lot of guys put out specifically. I'm just like 
you don't know how easy you have it sometimes. Um, and it's stuff like you see like tweets on social about um, I, I, there was one that I put out the, a few weeks back where you know a guy brags about sleeping on the floor in in the office and this is how hard his life was and then um, I think they call that I think they call that that hustle porn stuff yeah 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 uh, and so I, like you know most of the time I ignore it but sometimes I I put put out my own version. So I put my own version of like me having three kids in my arms, like, and then and then I mentioned something was like this this is this is how I'm running my business. Um, so it's understandable that like so much advice out there does not apply to me because, um, like, I literally not not entirely, but like a lot of my business was built from my phone because I was out and about with my kids a lot, doing stuff on social, answering emails. Uh, breastfeeding my my child um couldn't quite get my do do my work on my laptop so I got an iPad and I got my phone and that and that was my way of kind of getting stuff done delegating stuff because I couldn't sit in front of a computer for long enough to do certain things that's how I had to design my life um so like to have a mentor that doesn't get that is like you know you know it, it's, it seems like not important, but it's so, it, you know, it's so important that people understand the, the millions of things that, that I'm trying to juggle. Right. And, and, and yeah. this, is, this is really the key because, I mean, when I, when I first thought about doing Deverlate, my advisor was someone who was a third-time entrepreneur and sold companies millions of dollars in the bank, living in a country that had health care with no children. I, I was, you know, a dad, I still had three kids at home. Um, I'm down to one. Uh, but like, you know, health insurance costs me $25,000 a year running a business by myself. And I did not have millions of dollars in the bank. So if we failed for a month, uh, we were on ramen and and water. Like it, it's so getting advice sometimes people, and maybe this is a note for mentors. You need to put yourself in the place of the person you're mentoring, the mentee. They need to be aware of who you are, or you need to be aware of who they are, what they're going through, what their struggles are. And if you can't relate to that, maybe don't dole out advice like it's, you know, Christmas candy or whatever. Yeah. Just to add super quick to that. I know like we can keep talking about this because it's so important, but just like one caveat here is like values, right? Like literally moral values. Like who is that human being as a person? And like, what do they care about? Rosie, I was just like preach girl in the chat because like four kids over here, right? Five with my stepson, like same, right? Like we have to adjust and we have to live differently and finding success for us is much different. And so absolutely find someone who just aligns so nicely with like your life as as their life does and, and they'll be able to, to be a lot more helpful, I believe in that way. Yeah, I think that's great advice. And, um, you know, it feels like what we've just been going over are a little bit of the hidden traps of, uh, of mentorship is that, you know, it's great to find and seek ideas and help from people who aren't just within your bubble. You know, we're always getting advice and from people that are really close to us, but it's good to sort of expand out and, and get input from other people's perspectives. But sometimes those perspectives can lead us astray. So you still have to sort of rely on the bigger picture or maybe the, the cumulative uh, advice you get from all your different places. But anyway, aside from hidden tra hidden traps, I'm, I'm wondering if anyone has um, some ideas to share about uh, some of the things that might not be so obvious around benefits of, a, of being a mentor, mentee, uh, 
situation. Does uh, Rosie you want to start with that one? Yeah, uh, benefits. I think it opens your world to new new things, new ideas. Um, anytime I speak to someone in a mentoring way, um, I, I just think like it. It makes me think of other things, and it almost makes me um, see see things and see how I might be able to apply them to my life as well. And, and just trying to help people is also um, really, I don't know what the right word, it's just like the right thing to do, it's empowering, it's, uh, it, it leads you places um, that, you, that you never know where you're gonna end up, right? There's a quote from Steve Jobs um, that, that I, I remember a lot because he says is that you can't connect the dots looking forward. You have to connect the dots looking backward, backwards. Um, and he said that like in relation to how he dropped out of university and, and dropped into a calligraphy class and how that ended up being what inspired him with the knack. So of course he couldn't plan that, but like he had gone down these paths and he had learned learned different things along the way. But it's only in hindsight that he could connect the dots. And um, and I just think in life it's important to do the, those kind of things and step outside of your comfort zone, try to help people. Um, and yeah, so you learn. I, th- I think as mentors we think like we're, we're given to them, but other people are also given to us through that that process yeah that's totally agree and Tessa do you have anything to add to that oh yeah I have like we could turn my answer into a whole podcast um so I'll try to summarize I used to write a lot of pieces on mentorship when I first got into tech because I taught myself how to code I have ADHD college classes were just not a thing that I was going to sit through and make happen and so mentorship was just so important to me so I actually had a piece and I was trying to find it see if I like have it on the Google web somewhere but I can't find it but anyways the piece was about benefits and it's actually twofold right because when you think about the benefits of mentorship there's benefits for both right so when you think about it from a mentee side of things obviously you're getting knowledge you're getting industry information you're getting a wealth of of information you can't just pull off the internet right because you're able to ask someone how to do something, what you should consider in your career, whatever it is, right, that you're working through. Um, And, you know, and those benefits can be, like I said, knowledge, Um, it can be networking, right? Like they can help you find another job, they can help connect you to different things. Um, You can, you know, find a following through your mentor, right? Like, who do they follow? Who Who do they follow on social? Who follows them, right? There's just like this whole big circle around why you want to have a mentor. Um, And then there's the other side, right? There's like the as a mentor side. Um, And as a mentor side, like one of the things that I think is really, really hard to do in DevRel as a leader, and unfortunately the economic situation has maybe made this easier, which is really truly sad, but um, is hiring. It is very hard to find the right candidate for the right job inside of developer relations. And I have felt that the major benefits to being a mentor on that on this side is actually to have that network of folks that you've been mentoring. Every single person that I have hired in any DevRel capacity where I was a leader bringing folks onto my team were people that I had the chance of mentoring in the past, right? I helped them, I guided them, I got to watch them flourish, see what they were up to, watch their career, understand how they think. 
Um, and then through that, right, be able to pick people that I think are going to be the right people for the roles that I might be looking for. Or on top of that, refer them to fellow DevRel leaders who need someone of the capacity that I mentored. Um, so I could I could go on and on and on and on, and this actually makes me want to like write up the post again, but there are just so many reasons from both sides why it's incredibly impactful to mentor other people and also to be mentored because it will just escalate you in your career in whatever capacity that might be. Yeah, it's so true. And I, I remember one mentor-mentee relationship I had, really that I would say was like the first one in, a, in an official capacity, um, just made me really nervous. Like I, I think it's the thing about feeling like realizing you're the adult in the room, like, you know, the most about what, you know, what's going on here. And, um, that's nervous. That makes me nervous, I guess, but also it feels good when you, you know, sort of are able to, to, you know, turn around and bring somebody up, um, and, and sort of help and see them grow, just like what you were saying, Tessa. Um, and I, but also I feel like, you know, we're just so good at sort of battling gatekeeping and, you know, at least for me, I don't have children, uh, like a lot of you. So for me, my legacy is really like, you know, helping other people um, be successful, whatever they want to do. You know, I'm an enabler, I guess, for better or worse, and uh, try to use it for good. And um, yeah, I, it, but I will say that the one benefit that has really helped me with having some sort of more official capacity of a mentor mentee relationship is addressing imposter syndrome. I think it really does do something for that adult in the room uh, problem that I often struggle with. Um, and, you know, the imposter syndrome is, is part of it, too. It's like, why would anybody want to listen to me? It's part of why I do this podcast is like, you know, <laughs> it helps me just like reset and realize, hey, I actually do have some things I've learned. Let me share some of it. And maybe you all can can take something from that. But but I struggle with it. And so I think being having that official capacity mentorship um, does, you know, it's on the calendar. You've got an agenda. You've got goals. It's not just like, hey, tell me what's going on lately and what's, you know, what's on your head. Uh, top of mind that you want to talk about that those things are great um and i think that's you know just as valuable but yeah the benefits of having a real mentorship mentee uh, relationship i think is special and everybody should explore it at some point um both in on both roles uh, i think it's important so with that pj you want to switch us uh out of here yeah i think it's time for uh time for us to switch up to checkouts hey here at devrelate.io, we know the world of DevRel can be tough. Deadlines, announcements, conferences, talks, where do you find all the time? That's where we come in. At devrelate.io, you can find the help you need to start, maintain, and move your developer and community relations forward. Handling everything from event planning and strategy to content development, podcast, documentation. We even help with speaker training and talk review. All in one place. When you're ready to augment your already great team, reach out at info at devrelate.io. That's info at D-E-V-R-E-L-A-T-E dot I-O. Devrelate.io, experience developer and community relations as a service. Okay, so checkouts is the part of the show where we get to talk about things that we're interested in. They can be involved with DevRel and community stuff. They might not be. They might not have anything to do with technology, but uh, we'll we'll take it from the top. Rosie, do you want to start us off with your checkout? Yeah, I've got a link to a post called "Community Economies and Reframing Wealth Building." I've been going down a, a few rabbit holes 
related to uh, community economy, community kind of building um, society from the ground up. And um, I've built my business from the ground up. I, I love it. I believe like more companies uh, should you know do it that way, more tech companies. And yeah, it's just like a topic that's for me super interesting. Uh, ripe for dis- disruption, ripe for learning so much around it. Uh, it's it's huge, but yeah, I guess like community is my thing, business is my thing, and that's like a nice uh, balance in between to help you all go down a rabbit hole. There's a bunch of links at the bottom as well to help you down that rabbit hole. <laughs> awesome! I already I already pocketed the link, so it's it's ready to go as soon as we're done here. Uh, Tessa, what have you got for us? Yeah, I shared two links because I thought, why not do a little tech? Why not do a little personal life? Um, So the first link I shared, I just started this series and I'm essentially writing about day in the life of DevRel. Um, I've had a very busy week and realized that I have not written at all this week. So I'm going to have to do week in the life of DevRel, but they are very sporadic um, posts that I'm just writing like, hey, here's what I'm thinking about. Here's what I'm working on. Here's my challenges. Here's what I had to do today. Um, Some of them are really exciting. Some of them are really boring. But I think that, you know, it's a good sentiment around what does it look like to be in DevRel? And what does it look like to kind of have this ever-changing role? Um, So I'm having fun with that, pretty new thing. Um, And then the second link I shared is a blog post that I just wrote about, about cows. Um, I love to do the little personal life that I have. I have a little farm in Texas. I raise cows. Um, They're mini cows, and so they're a little bit smaller than normal cows. Uh, And I'm actually doing some experiments with them. Like, of course, take my tech nerdy brain. Um, And I'm crossbreeding different breeds of cows, like taking what would be beef cows and crossing them with dairy cows to try to find these like kind of perfect hybrid homestead cows so that folks can have really great high quality meat that they can manage, take care of, understand where it's coming from, um, save some of the the rest of the commercialization inside of the meat industry, um, but also like see the true value of like the actual like dairy industry straight from a cow um, because there's just so much there. So anyways, it's my little experimental post about cows and why I love them and what I'm trying to do with crossing cows. Cows. Who, who, who'd have thought on a, on a podcast about DevRel, we're going to talk about cows. I mean, cows have their own community too, I suppose. We should not just disclude them. Um, Wesley, what do you have for me? Um, I think Cassidy also wrote a blog post about uh, moose. And this was awesome on that theme. Um, if, if, one if, thing she's, if she's crossbreeding moose, we have bigger oh, well, problems. Yeah. We need to have a conversation. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, one thing that I wanted to highlight also on the mentoring front um, is that when 2008, I switched roles from being an engineer into social media and uh, Sarah Vela, Orchid 8, was my mentor who helped share, like shepherd me through that. And that whole process really um, reinforced my hope in humanity that someone was willing to, to take care of me and to help me and to help me transition into something that was new to me at the time. And my link is also something that um, really helps me uh, reaffirm my faith in humanity. Um, it's the, the the title of it is Why Platformer is Leaving Substack. And this was um, Casey Newton's podcast, uh, sorry, not podcast newsletter that was on Substack. And then he tried really hard for them to really make a hard stance on saying, 
are we for or against Nazis? And sad to say that they came out in favor of Nazis. And so he decided to transition his whole newsletter and his platform for platformer onto Ghost, uh, an open source platform, because he was just saying like, I'm gonna stand by my principles. And he also earlier did the same thing with Twitter and went to Mastodon. And he's a really big brand at this point. And him not only just writing commentary on what's going on in tech, but actually making moral judgments of how he's gonna choose to move his platform and where he's gonna be sending readers and making a conscious choice. So that I thought that was like, a really good story in tech about how the moral choice wins out over the financial one. And so that's, that's why I wanted to highlight it. Awesome. I, good story. Good story. I, I think I read a bit of that one, but I'm going to, I'm going to pocket all the articles anyway. Um, I have a lot of reading to this afternoon, which I'm, I'm unemployed. So uh, Jason, what do you got? Um, so this week I've got three things to share. Last time I talked about all the books that I was reading while I was on my vacation, a bunch of fiction, fantasy dragons. It was great. Um, but I did have another book in my backlog that I just kind of put to the side because it was a little too, a little too serious for what I wanted on, on vacation. So I've come back around to it and it's one of the, it's the recent one from Gene Kim. If y'all remember Gene Kim from like the Phoenix, um, um, Phoenix Project and trying to think the other DevOps handbook and there's a couple others that he's written. Um, but anyway, everybody in the DevOps space knows Gene and this is his newest uh, newest book. He's done, he wrote it with, um, what's the other person's name? Stephen J. Spear. And it's titled Wiring the Winning Organization, Liberating Our Collective Greatness Through Slowification, Simplification and Amplification. And um, I'm only a little bit in, but basically slowification uh, simplification and amplification are kind of the themes throughout the whole book on, on just um, different leadership techniques. And uh, there's a lot of case studies. It looks like uh, that's going to be in there. A lot of the same folks and organizations that we've um, we've heard from in like the DevOps handbook that really give you good concrete examples of how they've implemented you know something related to DevOps. So um, it's good so far. It's definitely not like the Phoenix Project, but uh, I'm enjoying it. And then the other thing I wanted to share is I finally have something on the calendar in terms of a conference that I'm going to attend uh, this year. Uh, I'll be at the NVIDIA GTC Conf. So if anybody's going to be there uh, getting their AI ML on, I think that's going to be fun. It's in San, San Jose in March. And then last, um, Datadog, uh, where I work, uh, we've got this show, this monthly thing called Datadog On, where we really highlight uh, our engineers and just teams within, within Datadog and some of their real problems and challenges and, and how they've addressed them and solutions and try to you know share that with, again, kind of going back to what we just do in general, no gatekeeping. We're gonna tell you what we learned as engineers at Datadog. So it's kind of that that spirit. And uh, I'll be hosting my first uh, episode of that in February and we're gonna be doing stuff on data science. So I've got some, a couple of data scientists from Datadog and we'll be talking some nerd math stuff and uh, it's gonna be fun. And that's what I've got for checkouts. That's awesome. That sounds like some really cool stuff. Uh, definitely looking forward to seeing you on Datadog on. Uh, for myself, uh, a couple of, of checkouts. Uh, one was, uh, this was floating around. I first saw it on Reddit, then it came up on Blue Sky. Then my wife showed me that someone shared it on Facebook. So there's this guitarist from Korea. His name is Kim Jin San. Um, K-I-M-J-I-N-S-A-N. I'll, I'll add the link. 
amazing guitarist. He's doing something. I've, I'll add the video as well. That looks impossible. Like it shouldn't be right, but it is. It's it's right beyond all get out. Like it's very math rocky. It's somewhat hard to get into, but I highly recommend check out the video. Listen to some of his other music. Uh, really cool stuff. If you enjoy great music, like it'll be you'll be into this. Um, the other thing I have, I just finished a book recently called The Mars Room by Rachel Kushner. Um, I was a big fan of her book, The Flamethrowers. Uh, so The Mars Room is kind of a multi-point of view story uh, where each chapter is kind of told from a different point of view about uh, women in prison. Uh, it's very interesting, very existential, not quite your standard you know, novel, straightforward stuff, but definitely a very, very good read. Uh, if you've never read anything by Rachel Kushner before, definitely maybe start with The Flamethrowers and move on to The Mars Room. Um, Cool. All right. So that's the end of the show. I just want to say thank you to Tessa and Rosie. Thank you so much for being with us and, and mentoring us through the world of mentorship. We appreciate it. Uh, Jason and Wesley, always a pleasure as always. Uh, I'd like to go out on a quote. So we'll start this year off at the top. Uh, leadership is in my veins. I turn dreams into the hip hop game. That's from Jay-Z. With that, thank you so much for listening and thank you for the privilege of your time. You've been listening to the Community Pulse. Find out more at communitypulse.io, on Twitter at community underscore pulse, or anywhere you get your favorite podcast. If you've enjoyed this podcast, check out our extra podcast, The After Pulse. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time on the